This film is Lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. Look, some of us are lazy, all right? If by lazy you mean wrong. Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. little girl, a sarcastic cat, and a fantasy world that isn't quite what it seems. It's Katie's favorite book, it's Coraline, and this film is lit. Yay, my favorite book! (laughs) Yes, that's it. It's the sixth episode. Welcome back to This Film is Lit. And like we said in our first of our two Halloween episodes... We will be doing Coraline, and yes, this is Katie's favorite book. Came out in 2002. The film came out in 2009. We're going to talk about it. Now, this is the first time for us because this is the first time where I have read the book yes. before seeing the movie. And now, I thought before, previously, I was like, I think I've seen this movie. I, As we were watching it again, I don't think I've ever seen this movie. So, I think I actually legitimately read the book before I... like Because I read the wow. book for the first time like last year or sometime. Yeah. And then I just reread it, like, over the last few days for this. And as I was, yeah, I for some reason in my head, I thought I had seen Coraline. But after watching it, I'm actually pretty sure I had not. I was like, none of this, you know, looks familiar. You might have been thinking of another Leica. I was either thinking of another Leica or just a, a, I don't know what I was thinking of. But I don't think I've seen it. If I have, I completely forgot everything about the movie. <laughs> so, this is our first episode where we're going to have both read the book. So it's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to have all of our segments. Uh, it's just going to be more, we're going to do better in the book. We're going to do better in the movie. And then we're going to pick, uh, each of us will get to pick whether we think the book or the movie is better. We're going to potentially have it out. Yeah, we may. We may. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, let's first get into a little bit about the movie, about the book, before we get into the breakdown and uh, the differences. Coraline, the book, written 2002 by... The one, the only, Neil Gaiman. Yes, one of your favorite authors, if not your favorite author. One of, yes. I would say, probably top five or something like probably that. Probably top five, yeah. yeah. Some of the other stuff he's done, he's written a lot of comics, or yeah, a fair amount the, of comics. He did the Sandman comics. Yeah. Um, he wrote American Gods, which mm-hmm. is now a TV, TV show. show. Yeah. He wrote a few episodes of Doctor Who, if you're a Doctor yeah. Who fan. The one in specific, just for people who not, might know, the episode I know for sure that he wrote, there's a couple, but the one I'm for sure he wrote was uh, where they go to the junk world and uh, the TARDIS the, gets put into a woman. Yeah, TARDIS turns into a lady. Yeah, it turns into a lady, uh, the lady the, TARDIS episode. the Doctor's episode. Wife or the, Yeah, something, something like I think that. it's called The Doctor's Wife. The, he wrote that episode and oh. a few others. But the I, Neverwhere, Anansi Boys... Stardust. Yeah, Stardust, which is, which is one of your favorite movie. movies. We yes. could, oh, we could do Stardust one day. Yeah, one of these days. Yeah, so yeah, Stardust, that's a fun movie. Um, so yeah, Neil Gaiman's prolific writer, prolific sci-fi young adult fantasy, you know, 
I don't know, young adults fair, but a lot of it's young adult stuff. He does other stuff. He too. writes stuff like all across the board. Yeah. Which is one of the things that I really admire about him is that, I mean, he does write primarily fantasy, but he's not like super boxed in. Yeah. By, like, uh, a particular type of writing. No, well, I mean, because, like, like I said, we were talking about American Gods, which we have on our shelf and one day we'll read, but it's very long. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, much more, that's not young adult, as far as no. I know. That's very much yeah. for an older audience, uh, adult audience. And then, but yeah, he's done lots of stuff, like Coraline, which is like 162 pages and is very clearly uh, a children's book. Yes. To an extent, or a young adult children's book. So yeah, he's, he's prolific, but he's also very wide-ranging in what he writes, and it's, it's very impressive. So, the film came out in 2009, uh, produced by Leica Studios. It was their first feature-length film. Uh, well, you may know other things from Leica, Paranorman, The Box Trolls, and most recently, Kubo and the Two Strings, which all of those are great. I've never seen Paranorman. I think but I've seen it. We watched The Box Trolls not too long ago on Netflix. That was fun. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. And then Kubo's incredible. Kubo's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and Kyle did a... Kyle from Good Better Bad Bad did a review of it on our YouTube channel. So if you want to check out our thoughts on that, you can go check out Good Better Bad Bad, Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, it was the it has it is the holds the record for longest stop motion film in history right now. Oh, Coraline does. Yeah, because oh. it's an hour and forty. Oh yeah, it is. It was pretty long. It's, I mean, it's it? not crazy long, but yeah. it's an hour and forty, and that's every minute is so much more work. Mm-hmm. So stop motion tends to be on the shorter side generally because it's yeah. such an intensive amount of work to produce. You know, even a second of of screen time in stop motion uh, was nominated for a feature or was nominated for best animated feature in, as a, for a golden globe and an Oscar didn't win either. I didn't check what did win, but it's not really important. Supposedly uh, uh, Neil Gaiman discussed the idea for this movie with Henry Selleck, who is the director who also did uh, nightmare before Christmas and James and the giant peach. He directed both of those. So he's pretty good. Pretty known for stop motion. Mm-hmm. Apparently discussed the concept for the movie with him and was very involved in the production of the film. And some of the changes that were made, he okayed, which we'll discuss later, and was on board with. But we'll we'll get there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty much all the background info I got. So just to get right into the film, uh, Coraline is the story of a young girl who moves to a new, a new house, goes exploring, basically. And it's about her adventures and what happens. And so she basically finds a new a doorway in this new house that leads to another dimension or another world, another, you know, a fantasy world, the other world, uh, where she just encounters the, her other mother, her other father, who try to get her to stay there with them. And it's sort of a uh, an enticing world because back in her original, in, her, in her, the real world, her parents are sort of... Um, real busy and don't pay a lot of attention to her and that sort of thing. So this is kind of a, a much more enticing place for an escapist place for, her. and which is a little bit different in the book and the movie, which we'll discuss, but and it, uh, basically devolves into the other mother wants her to stay there because basically the feet on her soul and that sort of thing. And then ends up kidnapping her parents. And then Coraline has to save her parents. It's pretty much the basic similar story. The similar, the story is pretty much identical in terms of over yeah. the overarching story, the way it's told is very different, sort of different. But the actual story itself, there's no major story changes in terms of where the story goes. I wouldn't, right? I, wouldn't argue. I mean, the main the, the main beats are all there. Yeah, there there are things that are added, there are things that are taken away, there are things that are done differently. But there's no like giant yeah. huge flip, which I thought there actually was the way they were doing it initially. I thought they were going to change one major thing, but um, let's talk about some major changes that they did make uh, that that are different but not necessarily 
plot. I, the big one, and this is the, the thing I wrote down. Uh, th- uh, there's a new character that's not in the book. <laughs> and now I remember you telling me this when, because I remember you saying that you weren't a huge fan of the movie or that you liked the movie, but it wasn't. And one of your things you said is they added a character that you did not like yeah. or did not think needed to be in the movie. And I and I it now immediately stuck out to me as we were watching the film. I'm like, oh, so this character's name is Hybe. Yb, not Yb, not which stands for Y born, because his mother, I guess, which is never expanded never, on. Never. So I don't that know was very like why. What was the purpose of that? No. Yeah, and then he well, I guess yeah, because well, but we never meet his mom. We only right. meet his grandma. Well, so we she meet his grandma him, at the very end. Yeah. But yeah, I, the implication being that he he's we just it's a it's a quick character beat about him that he's a bit of a, like unwanted. an outcast and unwanted. Yeah, I mean, and I it's you know they literally do that by naming him Whiteborn, which is a little on the nose weird. But like, okay, you know, like nobody else in the movie has a name like that, or in, you know, in the story, yeah. it's like a they have weird names, but none of them are like these weird like yeah. It, it was a little interesting, so. He's, we introduced to him very early in the film. He shows up on his bike and I was like, what is going on? I was very confused because I didn't know what it was. And he looks like a monster when he shows up. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck is this? This wasn't in the book. <laughs> so why, why do you not like YB? Okay. So it's not that I have a problem with the character itself. I don't think that the addition of that character was necessary to the story like at all yeah in the book it's just Coraline yes she's on her own I mean the cat's there the cat is there but the cat is a cat yeah and he's he's a little helpful but he's not like her sidekick no not at all and I I just didn't feel like he was a necessary addition and I I so she she does everything on her own in the book, and she wins in the end because she's brave and because she's clever, yeah. and not because was, yeah. another character comes swooping in at the last that, minute to save her at the end. That was my biggest problem with his addition was because overall I didn't he didn't bother me, and I understood a couple reasons. I understood why they added him early in the film because there's a lot of just her walking around doing things and. With the kind of what the feel they were going for, I think the idea was that they wanted somebody for her to bounce sure, things off yeah. a little bit early on. And then he wasn't in it a lot for most of the middle of the film. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't distract me as much as I thought it was going to when he first showed up. I'm like, God, is he going to be in, like, this whole thing? Because, like, that would be very strange <laughs> to me. And would be very, like, jarring, and especially, you know, in comparison to the book. But what did bother me was at the end, yes, so eventually she vanquishes the other mother. Um, or not vanquishes, but get, escapes, she escapes the other world. from the fantasy world, but the other mother's hand comes through, follows her yes. through, and and we'll get we'll talk about that later. But but the hand follows her through, yeah. and and then she has to dispatch the hand. She ends up finding realizing that this happened, and she has to get rid of the hand. And the way she does it, in the book, which I agree, this is better. This is this is a tough one. It's better <laughs> in the book. Uh, she she tricks the hand by setting up a sheet over the well Mm -hmm. that's in the movie the well but she sets up a picnic on the well and then sets the key on 
and uses like teacups to hold the yeah. tablecloth. Looks like she's having like a doll tea party. Yeah, and uses cups and stuff to hold it over the well thing, and then she sets the key on the tablecloth, and then the hand jumps to grab the key and, and gets falls all down into the well. Tumbles down yeah. into the well. And and so YB doesn't show up at all. And now I don't like that he showed up and had to help her because then yeah, it kind of takes the accomplishment away from her yeah. and transfers it to a whole other character. And now they both, it's not like he completely saves the day and she doesn't do anything. I mean, they both are fighting it sure, or whatever. I guess. But he does r- literally ride in on yeah. a horse and kind of save the day. They had to change that from how it was done in the movie. And here's why, or the, uh, the book, the ending, that part this is why they had to change it for the movie, in my opinion. So the big climax, the big visual climax of the film and of the book, to an extent, is her f- saving her parents and escaping. Mm-hmm. So she cap- she figures out her parents are in the... And this is a thing we'll talk about. But she figures out her parents are in the snow globe. Gets yes. the snow globe after she uh, she's able to collect all the souls of the kids that were trapped there. And then she, she figures out where her parents are and she throws... It. So that all transpires pretty much the same or similar-ish. But I have a big problem with that scene. But uh, And then she <laughs> escapes through the door. And that's like the big climactic moment. And they make it even more visually climactic by having the floor. She like the other mother like destroys the floor and it turns into a spider web, which I thought was cool. I, I liked that part. I think because visually it needs to be more interesting than her. Not necessarily, but for the kind of movie this was as a a spectacle fantasy film, which is kind of, you know, what they're going to do. You need more than her just running through the door, I think, probably. And I thought what they did was neat because it makes sense in the world since the other mother can do whatever she wants, that she makes it into a giant spider web. They go, they push the spider thing way harder. In yeah, the movie. it's a little, it's a little on the nose, and yeah, because in the book, it's it's more like a creepy feeling that you yeah. get that like spider analogy. Yeah. yeah, I I agree with that. I didn't like how heavily they went spider with her. Yeah, but again, with with an animated kids movie, visually, they need. They, I felt like they probably felt like they couldn't just have it all look normal and a little weird. The bug visuals and that, all that stuff is neat looking and will be really visually interesting to kids and they'll be more drawn in because it is a visual medium. So I understand that change. But so that's the big climax is, is her escaping. And that's right. like the big emotional climax. She gets her parents back and then it's kind of a de- the denouement and like the horror movie. Uh Oh, you didn't quite get her. Yeah. That's what the hand thing is. And now in the book, there's like over the course of like a week or how a few days yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's like a couple days. She figures out the hands there. She kind of tries to come up with a plan. She's going to the neighbors and figuring out that it's attacking the dog, the neighbor's downstairs dog and, and uh, you know, that kind of it's, stuff. Yeah, it's leaving gouges in her window. Right. And... and so it's this whole thing. It's this whole drawn out thing. And then she comes up with a plan and the plan is in the story, clever and works really well. But visually is a very boring thing to have happen kind of to where she if she just went and had a picnic and then the hand jumped and fell down the well you can do it interestingly but i understand why they decided they needed another little action action beat right there to 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 sort of not have it be this weird like afterthought like not that it was an afterthought but to have it have some punch to it in the same way because you just came off this big climax moment where she escapes Mm-hmm. And I can see why they, and they can also, sh- they shortened that down a lot by her pretty much going to bed that night, immediately realizing, or the, yeah, the ghost. Yeah, like immediately going out to the ghost telling her, of it. And then she goes to throw the key down the well is what she's going to do, I yeah. think is the idea. She's just going to go, she goes going to the well because she's going to go throw the key down the yeah. well. So I get why they changed it. I just, but I, I, 
I do agree that that was the most jarring and annoying thing about YB was him showing up and saving the day. Or it just yeah, it it changes that whole ending a little bit yeah. and makes it less about her and more about them. I I just don't think he was necessary. And there there's that and then there's the issue of like her being alone is kind of the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I totally agree with that. That that adding yeah. that character does take away from the sort of because you're telling this story. I, I imagine this, the reason the story resonated with you, and the reason the story resonate with a lot of people, is she is alone. Yeah. And that is a scary thing, and a and a, but can also be a very empowering thing, which it ends up being in the book that she's able to do this by herself, basically. Right. Um, with the help of some ghosts or whatever, but <laughs> not ghosts, but you know, the souls of the trapped kids help her shut the door. But, uh, so I get that and I, and I totally see that now. And what I was going to say, what I was saying earlier is that, uh, Neil Gaiman totally signed off on the edition of YB and was, mm-hmm. oh, and was apparent, supposedly was on board with it. Now I haven't heard, I haven't looked and read any interviews to see like what his actual, like, uh, you know, if he's ever came out and like, ah, I wasn't a huge fan, but he did sign off on it and thought, and at least approved of it in the sense that he wasn't like, no, 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 that's awful. Like you can't do that. So he thought it was at least okay with the story. Now maybe who knows how much they might've said we're, we're doing this. Cause one, we need one, a boy in the movie cause we need to sell the boys. And so we can put a boy uh, in the, yeah, in the trailer. That's a whole thing. other thing, but I don't know. I'd be interested to see the trailers and see how much he was featured in the trailers Yeah, to try to sell this movie. Cause I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, they were trying to sell it to boys, and they're like, "We need a boy in the movie." It sucks and it's stupid, but that might have been the case. I don't. Can you explain that to me? Why do boys not watch movies that don't have boys in them? I don't know. I did. I, I'm not saying that. I, I think we're getting away from. We're getting better now, but I think. But you know, st- now Leica doesn't tend to do stuff like that. They kind of do whatever the fuck they want. It seems like, yeah. but maybe with their first big feature film where they didn't have quite as much leeway, maybe whoever was the producer, whoever's I don't know how Leica's higher ups work. I don't know who's above them and that sort of thing. <laughs> but maybe with it being the first movie and them not having a track record, they kind of had to be a little safer. And they were worried that if they just made a movie about a girl, that a bunch of boys wouldn't go see it. I think people would. I, th- I I think we're beyond that, but I, that maybe that's a reason. I don't know. I'm speculating <laughs> here. I'm just I, that's the only other reason I can think that they would add him, other well, than yeah, to have somebody it to banter seems with. Seems to me like that would be the big thing because he's not not necessary. He takes away from her character arc, in my opinion, and the emotional beats of like the other YB should have come from the other father. Yeah. Which is how it is in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And he has, they even do that a little bit. They do it in the movie too. Like he does kind of act like that in the the movie. Um, But yeah, I I, I see what you're saying. So after watching the trailer, YB doesn't really make that much of an appearance. He's in it, but not at the forefront. So the idea that they're using, adding YB to push more boys to watch by being able to put him in the marketing. I'm not sure that totally adds up because he's really, at least the one trailer I was able to find, he's barely in it. So who knows why they added YB. So that's really the big change. Like that YB is like the biggest change in the way the story works because it kind of affects multiple things. It adds a whole other character. It changes thing in the the other world because there's this whole other character there and it changes how the resolution kind of wraps up. Was there any other major changes before? Because we're going to get into better in the book and better in the movie because I have a lot for both. 
uh, and we'll do some of that discussion. I think we'll have a lot of other things to talk about change-wise yeah. in there. So here's what we're going to do. First, we're going to go into better in the book, and we both have a lot of these. Uh, I know you explicitly have a lot. I have a fair amount for better in the movie, too, but right now, let's do better in the book. hit me what's your first thing we're gonna go a little we're gonna trade back and forth and i'm sure we'll hit some of each other's but what's the first thing you had that you think is better in the book okay so part of what bothers me about this adaptation aside from yb is that the book is a lot subtler there's some things that are in the book that they when they made it into a film they just kind of like dialed it up to 11 yeah which movies tend to do like Coraline's a brat in that was movie. my first one that was my first like, one she's a huge brat that was my first one and I get I get the more obvious character arc thing yeah like it's a it's a clearer character arc yes in is. the movie it is but I I like that in the book She's she's just a kid. Yeah. Like, she's just a normal kid. She gets bored when she's cooped up in the rain. Yeah. She wants stuff that her parents don't want to buy her. Mm-hmm. She's not a brat. She's just a kid. Yes. That was that was my literally the first thing I wrote down. I go, is it just me? Or is she way more sassy and exasperated? Yeah. And I think they aged her up, at least from how I read. My, my version of her in reading the book is she's a lot younger than, and I don't know how old she's supposed to be in the movie, but she feels yeah. like a preteen. She feels 11, yeah. 12, 13 in that range. In the book, she felt seven or eight to me. But well, because she writes that note or that That's story true. that That's is very true. little kid y yeah. written. And it's like spelled wrong. Like she spells sausages like S O S, you know what I mean? Like S O S A G J E S or something. comically wrong. Like I was like, what is that word? Oh, sausages. Holy cow. So I think they aged her up. Yeah. Uh, at least to an extent. Yeah. And yeah, she comes, she's like super exasperated and like, and like obnoxious, not obnoxious, but I, I loved in the book, her innocence and her sort of naivete and like the little kidness of her yeah. and, 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 and the way it's written. And now a lot of that is hard to come through because a lot of it's in her head. Right. So she doesn't talk as much in the, in the book because it's a book and we get to re- right. read it's, her mind. Yeah, it's her perspective. Yeah, where so. it's from her perspective. So we get to read her mind. But we lose a lot of that subtle little kid humor that, that was some of my favorite moments in the book where the lines of her talking about adults in her head or like, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, she's not a brat. She's not demanding. She's not upset about anything. She's not exasperated. She's just a little kid yeah. whose parents are kind of ignoring her. And, but even not really. But not really. And they're, 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 that's the thing. They really ramp that up more yeah. in the movie, which I actually is kind of a thing I liked to an extent. But and we'll we'll get into that with, with better in the movie, I think. But see, that was a thing that I didn't like. Really about the movie, like her mom is super mean. Yeah, 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 kinda. Yeah, she's not great. Which that's not. Yeah, that is not the case in the book. Her mom's just sort of busy yeah. in the book. They're both just they're sort just of busy. The, they're just busy, you know. Yeah. They just moved. Yeah. And all this stuff. And they're busy and she wants attention. Yeah. But it's never, like, I just feel like the movie really hammered it in. And to me, it feels a little bit lazy. 
I don't disagree because what the movie does is it takes everybody and turns them up to eleven. Yes, and which which is it, it makes sense and it works because and it's a more satisfying film. A lot of that stuff in a book works better because one we're seeing reading her thoughts. Uh, you're you're not it's not an hour and a half long experience like a three act structure. So mm-hmm. you're not expecting to hit character arcs the same way and that sort of thing. Books just I mean they're similar. It's similar, but the way that it plays out isn't exactly the same. Like, and so having them all have much more uh, obvious character arcs in, in a film is much more satisfying to your general audience. And so Coraline going from the bratty sort of obnoxious run away from home, not run away from home, but that yeah, sort of thing, kind of, to yeah. much more, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to to fucking Dorothy, no, there's no place like home, I love my family, I love all these people, blah, yeah. blah. But her parents also have an arc of realizing they were being because they were being more so um absent and and sort of like not giving a shit or or just checked out in their own way they arc also arc very hard at the same time to where they they also have that same character where they go from much more obnoxious and and like ridiculous which explains her then being more rebellious and bratty because her parents are worse and so then they both hit sort of uh, uh, higher peaks on both sides or higher yeah peaks on both sides of their character tra- tra- transformation if that makes sense so i get why they did it i do agree that the book is it's more subtle and more realistic kind of mm-hmm. whereas this is more like a movie <laughs> the movie is more like a movie i think it works because it's a kid's movie and this is kind of how that tends to be but i do understand what you're saying in terms of the book having a lot more subtle and different, and just different uh, characterizations of yeah. the parents and her and Coraline. But yeah, that was my first one for better in the book. It's like I liked her her youth, her naivete, the way she looked at the world, and the way she expresses that through her thoughts to us. It's much more interesting and subtle in the in the book. But again, it's a movie we, we're not sitting there. If they had a voiceover, they could do that maybe. But they probably mm. didn't want to do a voiceover. Yeah. So I think that would be weird. It so would they, be weird enough. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that in like a stop motion kids yeah. movie. I don't think it would, I don't think it'd be great. And a lot of times you just don't want to do voiceovers. Usually voiceovers are a crutch, <laughs> generally speaking, in film. Yeah. You, you want to get away without speaking of Blade Runner in our last episode. That was my first one too. I'm gonna hit my next one for better in the book, unless you had anything else you want to talk about with um, Coraline being bratty. Not no. This is my first or second one, because that was my first one. Okay, well I will just talk about it because this is a thing that I thought was very strange. I thought it was gonna be a major change. The way the, the movie is set up and the way that it's paced, which is actually a thing I have for better in the movie, and we'll talk about the beginning of the movie. I thought that for the longest time, she was just going to be trapped in the other world and not even have to, like, go save her parents. Yeah. Because the way they set it up yeah. is very different. And so that was very... And I was kind of, like, writing down. I was like, okay, well, this is going to be way better in the book. If she doesn't have to make the conscious decision to go into the other <laughs> world and save her parents, that's, like, a huge fuck up. And now they... They do do that. Yeah. Which was nice, but... No, they, yeah, they, they they do that in the movie. It had been a long time since I'd seen it, and I was thinking for a while that they had cut that as well. That's what, because that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. They changed the way the beginning, and again, we'll talk about it with my they, Yeah, movie, they but... made some subtle changes in, like, how many times she goes Back to the other forth. world, and how many, like, subtle changes in the way, the order that things happen. The order happen. that things happen, yeah, I noticed that. And I, and I want to talk about that, because I... Spoiler, it's a thing I think it's better in the movie, personally, but we'll get there. Alright, so my actual next one is, and this is towards the end of the film, but the scene where she goes into the theater to get the second or whatever uh, soul, 
is so much creepier in the book. Yeah. And it's so silly in the movie almost to an extent. The reading it, I was like so looking forward to how they were going to do that because I'm like, this is going to be terrifying. Yeah. So she goes in there and it's like a, it's not a candy wrapper. Uh, the, the thing on the wall that she goes and reaches into. It's like, a, it's basically described as like a big white blob of spider web, essentially. Or yeah. like some sort of webby material. Like a cocoon almost. Yeah, like a cocoon. And it's like gross. And, and she like has to reach into it. And then there's all the the, the uh, bat dogs or whatever. And all that stuff is there. But it's like, in, in my head reading it, it was way creepy and terrifying. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it was kind of like, not. And I guess because I had to go a little bit lighter... Yeah. A little bit. But then they go creepier, like, the, the the part after that, the rats, that part was, or not the rat part, but the, um, there was a different part, or maybe it was the rat part, yeah, when he's, like, slinking around, that I thought was, there was one other part that I thought was pretty sufficiently creepy, but the, I was disappointed, I'll just say, by the theater scene where she goes, because, yeah. and it's a little it's a moment, but I was like, oh, that is so gross, and when they're, like, describing her reaching and trying to find it, and the hand grabs her and all that, I was like, huh, and it was sort of played more silly, in the movie, which was uh, unfortunate. Yeah, um, you could take that feeling and, for me, like, apply it to the whole movie. Yeah. Because, to me, there's such a tonal shift between book and movie. Like, the movies, they're, the book is kind of a subtle, creepy, like... Movie goes up to 11 again with the fantasy world yes, it does. factor, and yes. everything's like bright and candy colored and and, and, and like insects and flying yeah. and, and like weird, like the furniture is alive and yeah, and it, it's neat. Yeah, it looks cool. And I think they just expanded on that because there's some of that in the book. Yeah, like the toys are alive in the book. Yeah, and like talk around, move around and stuff. And, and you know, and so I think they took that and go, well, so that's a thing that exists in the universe living thing like living sure. so let's do it to a lot of stuff because that'll be way more cool you know what i yeah. mean yeah i i just to me like reading the book it, i imagined like a world that was almost virtually the same but yeah. everything is slightly off yeah no i 100 percent know what you're talking about I 100% know what you're talking yeah. about i felt the same thing it was a very different take on the other world yeah and i think it was good and interesting but very different. Like it's, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And, and I felt the same way, but I didn't necessarily see it as better in the book as just different. Um, right. It's, it's different. And I totally understand why they went with that for a movie. Cause it's yeah. a visual medium yeah. and you kind of have to, especially for a kid's movie. Yeah. But I, I, I prefer the way it was done in the book. Yeah. And, because yeah, because, and so in the, in the book, everything in my head in the other world was, it was kind of the opposite because, and now it makes sense. And this is a thing we'll talk about, which I think is better in the movie, maybe ish. Um, in the book, the other world to me is like exactly the same, except muted and grayish, mm-hmm. kind of. Where everything to me in my head, I was thinking everything was much more muted and like, especially like when she goes outside, it's always like hazy, yeah, because and, and she can't see very far because there's a fog and that sort of thing, and. I imagined it very, almost like black, not black and white, but like, especially when she was outside, I almost imagined it like black, like, like grayscale and like, Mm -hmm. almost like a, like an old school, like 
horror movie or something. Yeah. And they go the opposite direction where it's more colorful right. and more vibrant and more interesting. And now I think that works in the narrative of the story, which we'll talk about when we get to better in the movie, but it's just different. And I can see liking both. And I think I can see why you would like the, the book version more. Yeah. Of it just being off-putting. Right. It, it's off-putting. Like, I always imagined it, like, the same, but everything was, like, slightly tilted. Yeah. Yeah. They should have <laughs> like got Tim Burton to do it. slightly off-kilter. Should have got Tim Burton to do it. Just have everything, all the shelves are slightly... Yeah. ...angled. No. I, I know what you're talking about. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I felt the same way reading the book. And I was a little disappointed at first with how they... But the more we got into it in the movie, the more I liked some of how it looked. Like, I love, like, when she walks, they walk out into the woods... And because there's a great it's a great sentence in the in the book about how they're walking through the woods and it starts getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And she says, and the trees start started looking less like trees yeah. and they sort of the idea of a tree or something like yeah. that, which is a great line. And they, I thought they did that really well in the movie. It's done differently. It's more colorful than I imagined and that sort of thing. But I liked the way when they walked out there and the trees started getting more simple and mm-hmm. less. I thought that was neat. And a lot of the stuff they did. Visually in the later half of the movie where uh, after she collects the stone, like the whole world turns to ash around her kind of like in that particular area, Mm -hmm. which they kind of touch on in the book about they say that they'll blow away or whatever if they go out in the sun, that sort of thing. It's just it's very different than what I imagined reading the book. And so I could see that being. Yeah, I get it. Okay, did you have another something else that we want to talk about better in the book? Because I have some more. So the book is a pretty simple story. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So, some of the like extra like backstory type stuff that's in the movie. Oh, like with the doll. Me. Yeah, like yeah. with the doll, and then like the the grandmother's twin yeah. sister yeah. who disappeared. Yeah. And I all felt like that was all unnecessary. I yeah, the same thing. Su- superfluous. Yeah, and I feel like they just needed a. The, the reason that was added, I think, probably has to do because. So in the in the uh, so Wybie's not a character, so that right. grandmother's not a character, right? And so we have no idea that any of these people, like the the the, the, it's the same three, well, kind of the same three. Uh, yeah, they're, one of them's a little different, but um, kind of the same three ghost uh, ghost children children that she finds in the closet. But they're not related to anybody we know. There's no allusion yeah. to any of that sort of stuff. So they add that whole element in for the movie where Wybie's grandma sister was one of the kids that disappeared in the house a long time ago. And that sort of thing. And I agree that that was all superfluous. Now, I think why they did that was because they added YB. Whatever those reasons might be, they added them. And then they <laughs> needed a reason for yeah. him to have any sort of... Connection other than just being to, a kid that's yeah. there. So that makes sense. And I don't think it takes away from the story. In any way, it's unnecessary and superfluous. If you've read the book, you're like, well, that doesn't mean... Okay. Yeah. But I don't think it detracts and it's not harmful to the story or the narrative in any way. I don't think. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, but I, I get your point. Like, I, I just... I don't think it necessarily... Like, if you've never read the book and you just watched the movie, right. I don't think that would be like a... No, it's dumb. it's mostly, I guess, that one of the things I really admire about this book is that it's very economical storytelling. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. That's a totally fair point because we don't need we don't get any backstory. Yeah, we and don't, we get don't any, need it. And we don't get anything out else after. Um, you know, we don't have a big moment at the end where they're all together, happy, planting flowers party, and that sort whatever. of stuff. I mean, they they do have pizza, which was a yeah. reference to the thing. And so, yeah, there's a lot of there's some extra added stuff that mm. yeah, it was unnecessary. But again, I to me didn't detract from it as a movie. If you're just watching it as a movie, 
I have two big ones. Okay, um, hit me. Okay, first, the hand is so much better in the book. Oh, yes. That decision, <laughs> yes, whoever's decision, and now I get it because you always have to amplify, and she kept getting creepier and creepier, but she got to a point where, so in the movie, eventually the other mother turns into like this giant needle spider needle, monster. Needle spider monster thing. And it has needle hands and that sort of stuff, which is kind of creepy. But so in the so the same thing happens in the book where the hand gets cut off and falls and then Trisha. But in the book, it's the hand about three quarters of the way that she has through the movie, where it's like the long like when she yeah. first Coraline first comes back and she thinks that's her mom and her mom hugs her and then turns into yeah, the big hand that hand around. with the big long spindly, spindly fingers it's like and your, it's ghostly white. Yeah, it's like like your classic. Like wicked witch, white, wick, hands, yeah, white like skin, two long fingers yeah. that are and too nails bony are too and long. have too long yes. of nails. It is so much creepier than this weird metal because then it's yeah. also detached from her. It all, it, it like once it comes back and it's just needles, it doesn't even feel like her anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. even though we know that's what she was, it's like you know that's what she looked like, but it's much more. It I, to me, I feel like it would feel much more like her. And not just, like, a disembodied finger or, like, needle monster if it was her hand. You know what I mean? And and I was so disappointed. When she turned into that, and and I was like, oh, if, if... When she turned into the needle monster thing... I was like, oh, if her hand gets cut off and it's just a little needle hand, I'm going to be very disappointed. And it was, and I was like, that's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. Yeah, I didn't really get the choice to... The only I don't reason, understand it. The only reason they did it was because they needed to keep elevating how scary she was. And they thought, okay, well, she's after she's like the big, tall, creepy spider lady, uh, now she turns into this giant needle monster. Needle spider. It's like her final form, which is fine. I wouldn't necessarily hate that, but uh, if it were not for the fact that her hand gets cut off and crawls around on its own, yeah. and it's so that is so much creepier if it's literally her... Her terrifying, disembodied, disembodied gross, hand. bony, yeah, need- long fingernail hand is way creepier than this weird, like, kind of like needle spider thing. So I was very disappointed by that. I thought that's way better in the book that it's actually her hand. I have another one, and it's another big one. But uh, if you have something else, you can go first. One minor thing, and I don't know if because it's not necessarily better or worse, but it's different, and it was a change that I didn't enjoy because this is my favorite book and I'm a purist. Oh, I understand um, it. We'll get there when we get to Harry Potter. <laughs> don't, don't even worry. <laughs> so the snow globe For me. that her parents are in, in the book, it isn't in the original house. Is that the next thing you're going to talk about? It's per- it pertains to that, but it's not... It pertains to that, but it's... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, continue. And so the the idea in the book is that the other mother can't create. She can no, only, like, copy. twist and copy. Yeah. So the snow globe being there on the other side of the door when it's not in Coraline's actual house is what lets her know that that's where her parents are. That's, like, the whole... This like is a, my next one, yeah. This was my big one. What's the name for that? What? I want to say the smoking gun, and I know oh, that's uh, not right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair, yeah, it's a smoking gun. The, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's probably a okay. close enough term for it. Yeah, it, it is the thing that, like, tips her off. And I wrote that very early in my notes, was where they're unpacking and she's putting the snow globes on yeah. her thing. I'm like, no, mm, that's nope. the, nope, very explicitly nope. the point that she does not have yeah. snow globes on that mantle in that room. That's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that that was that was mine. 
similar pertains to that. My thing with this that drives me insane. So that's the thing, like you said, it tips her off. It's a smoking Mm -hmm. gun that makes her realize where her parents are. And it's also fun because as a reader, especially as a kid, I mean, I I immediately knew when she talked about it. But as a kid, you could figure that out early in the book. And you would feel so smart as a kid. Like, I know where her parents (laughs) are. You would figure it out before she did. Because there's a very distinct line about a snow globe with two people in it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a throwaway line. But, you know, and again, now, I mean, I'm I'm an adult and it's easy for me to, and I know about storytelling. So it's easy for me to know that that was what that was. But I think even if you didn't, I think as a kid, you would feel really like, the snow globe, that's where her parents are. Or you might not notice right in that moment. But so that's, I think that's great. And so she has to figure it out. Yeah. She figures it out. The biggest problem in the movie, it's just fucking deus ex machina. Like, she just turns and goes, and the cat's like, they're right here. Yeah. And I'm like... uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, that's another instance, like, similar to um, YB coming out of nowhere in the end, where it takes that moment away from her. This one was worse for me than the YB part, because the YB part, she at least also has to do a thing. Like, she also fights it. She also, you know, it's and he they, he helps and does save her. But, like, yeah. they both do it together. Which, again, it's better in the book. But this one really bothered me because it literally goes from her figuring it out and realizing and then having to bluff yes. the other mother. And she's, like, consciously in the book, like, don't look at the snow globe. Don't look at the snow yeah. globe. Don't look, uh, I think they're in the doorway. And then so she goes to open the door and then she backs up towards the mantle and then she does throw the cat, which I love the visual of the cat throw in the movie. <laughs> she two-hand chucks it, <laughs> which I love. It was very which, fun. Uh, yeah, and we have cats. Yeah. So let me tell you how easy it is not to. No, uh, you could not <laughs> chuck. Uh-uh. The, if you try to throw a cat, they will just grab onto you, yeah. I feel like, and not let you throw them. I've never actually tried to throw one of them. I haven't cats. either because I love them. <laughs> but <laughs> but I imagine they wouldn't let me no, do it. No, <laughs> they would not let you throw them. They would jump out of your arms or they would latch on you, one of the two. And so it completely takes away her... It's literally yeah. just... Dance. Like, she's standing there and she has no idea where her parents are. Yeah. And in the book, she knows. Yeah. She just just trying not to let the other mother know that she knows so that she can figure out how to get out of here. But in the in the movie, it's just... Like, doesn't the cat just like, hey... Yeah, he kind of like points at it. And, and she's like, oh, the snow globe. And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's the whole... Mm, bothers me <laughs> about this movie. I, so I read this book. As I said, this is my favorite book. <laughs> I still have the original copy that I had when it came out. I feel like I got this... At a maybe in a scholastic no. book order or maybe at a book fair. <laughs> book fair. So, you know, there's already that nostalgia factor yeah. there. Yeah. But like reading this for me was it's gonna sound cheesy, but it was kind of groundbreaking mm-hmm. for me because I didn't have any stories where the girl was this clever and did it all by herself. Yeah. And there wasn't a boy involved at all. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of other books that I loved growing up, I loved Ella Enchanted. And that's also a story with a brave, clever girl. Yeah. But then there's also a prince and there's also like a romantic element. Yeah. And, and this doesn't have any of None that. Of it. It's just a girl. She, she's just a girl having an adventure. Yeah. And then has to be the hero. Yeah. 
No, I totally get it. I, I mean, having I've read a lot of your writing. I can tell, having read the book, how formative formative the book was in shaping your voice uh, and, and the way you write and the things you like to write and read and the way you like to tell stories. I can tell mm-hmm. why this, I know why this is your favorite book. I can see how formative <laughs> it is. And so I can only imagine those changes would... I mean, because I, I, as somebody that where this book wasn't at for me, I didn't read it till last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I don't think this would, because I'm not a girl, and, I, and not that you have to be a girl to identify. But I don't think as a little kid that I would, this would be the book that I would like super identify with. I identified it with Harry Potter. I like Harry Potter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So me watching the movie, things annoyed me that were changed. But I could see how, and for me, it's Harry Potter. Like when I watch Harry yeah. Potter, I I have that same feeling. But I can only imagine it's tenfold even for me for Harry Potter because I'm not a writer, as that is for you, and so I get like I totally get why some of the because it's still objectively a good movie. It's an objectively yeah. a very good movie, uh, in my opinion. I think it's 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 well done. It's well paced. It's well told. It's beautiful. Everything like if you knew nothing of the book, you would go watch this movie and be like, wow, that was a great movie. But I can see exactly why yeah. you um, would have so many problems. With no, the the movie. If I were a little more capable of disconnecting it from the book, I think I would really like the movie. Yeah. As I agree. it stands, I think the movie is fine. Yeah. But I don't think it's a good adaptation for me personally. I think that's the important part. <laughs> because I, I, I get what you're saying. I think it's a good adaptation, but it could be a terrible adaptation for some people. Yeah. With how they feel about the book. And with what the point of the book is, and what the point of the book was for you, right? I can see why it's absolutely not a good adaptation. Yeah. Or why you would not think it was a good adaptation. And two, like, by the time the movie came out, I was a little older. You know, it had been a span, what? Yeah, it was seven like years. Seven later. years. Yeah. And when I first heard it had been options. It was going to be a movie. I was cautiously optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> and then I found out that it was going to be, like, a stop-motion kids movie yeah and i was like oh lord here we go because at that point what i wanted was a live action horror movie yeah which i that's what i wanted and i I didn't get it i think it would be awesome i think i think i think what they did works i think what like it did i think it works as a kids movie um which is funny that they aged her up for a kids movie but i i think what they did works i think it's it's a good movie on its own but I think it would also work just as well if they super hard stuck to the book mm-hmm. and made a live action yeah. horror movie. Like a subtle, creepy. A very subtle, creepy, mm. almost like, I, I, I'm going to compare it to this without having seen it. <laughs> but like <laughs> Get Out, what I imagine, or something like mm-hmm. that, where uh, it's it's reality based. Well, actually that, I think it's off the rails at the end of the spoilers, I've heard it correct. But uh, something in that style of a, of a realist, a, a, a real world creepy movie where literally if the person on the other side now now the other mother is creepy in her own way even from the beginning with the button eyes mm-hmm. but if that was a person like an actual yeah. life person with button eyes be even creepier or arguably and so i think it would be incredible and i, I would love to see it remade again yeah. uh, you know oh, would, give it to me hollywood <laughs> yeah i they probably will at some point <laughs> and if there's anything hollywood loves to do it's remake movies so i wouldn't be surprised and if they did i would I, and now they probably wouldn't but maybe they would because horror movies are successful and they're yeah. becoming more successful and they make more money and they can do it on a low budget. I think you could make this movie for very little money. Oh, I, I think you definitely could. Although the, some of the CG with 
the outdoor and especially towards the end when stuff starts turning into like they, they describe sure, the world turning sure. more like drawing but isn't like it drawing. getting less expensive to do that it every is less day. expensive to do that every day <laughs> yes um but I, I i would be interested that would be a movie i'd want to see that would be really neat and i would like them to do it i don't know if they ever will but we'll you know who knows fingers crossed maybe one day you got anything else for better in the book? Because I got a few things for better in the movie. I think we hit all of my main points, so let's go ahead. All right, it's time for better in the movie. Katie has nothing for this part. I have a couple <laughs> things that I like. I know, I'm joking, I'm joking. I don't know about better, but okay. I like them. I'll go first. This isn't necessarily better. It's different, but I liked it a lot. I like Mr. Babinski. Mm-hmm. I like his character. He's fun. The Russian. Tra- yeah. his, his, he's got some good laughs in the beginning of the movie when his character is introduced. That's not in the book. Like he's he's a lot less. At least he's not in the movie very much. But that whole opening scene with him and all this stuff mm-hmm. going on. It's a little slapstick. It's a little silly. But it was funny to me and enjoyable, and I like I, Russian accents are always funny to me. I <laughs> think I maybe it's prejudice. I don't know, but like a lot of times that style of like Russian, yeah, that accent, over the top, over the top Russian, like very clearly fake. Yeah, the very yeah, they very clearly like fake Russian accents. I, I I don't know, they make me laugh. Something about it. <laughs> so I liked him. I liked that. I liked that they made a little more of his character, but yeah, it's just a little thing that I thought was fun. Yeah, what do you got? The the ladies who live downstairs, Miss Spink and Miss Forcible, I thought that having them stuff their dead dogs was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't, I was like, um, no, I don't think that was in the that's movie. Not, yeah, the it's not in the book, at least not that I remember. No, I was, uh, if it is, it's like a throwaway it's line. It's a line, yeah. Um, but I thought that was like a, a nice, weird little... Yeah, quirk. Yeah. And then the taffy. It's the taffies. There's some taffy in the book, but it's not she, a... She eats taffy, but, but it's, it's not, not like a, a plot, plot point. point you know, yeah. Which was a little weird when they get the rock from there. Right. I was like, that's strange, but okay. This isn't necessarily better in the movie, but I was not expecting to see giant nipple or giant pasty covered boobs. Okay. Like, what the f- <laughs> In a kid's movie. That was like, <laughs> holy Jesus Christ. That, actually, because I feel like... And I can't pinpoint it to an actual movie. Maybe it was Box Trolls. I feel like Leica does that. Yeah. I feel like I've seen Leica do that in at least one other movie. Like the comically huge boobs. boobs. Yeah, they could, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 Box Trolls would be, would have been the one probably. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. Yeah. I think one of the... Somebody in the city or whatever, which it's been a while since we watched that. But yeah, I think you might be right. And it, well, it wasn't so much the comically huge. It was that they're just comically <laughs> they're out there. Basically naked. <laughs> She's basically naked. Well, and she said that with the first woman or yeah. Sphinx or whoever came on stage, and and she, I mean, she was like had like a dress or whatever, and it was kind of revealing. And then what's her name come out and she's doing the Venus. Yeah, um, um, the birth of Venus. Birth of Venus uh, painting. You yeah, know. but she's like a pasty and a g-string. Yeah, and this old <laughs> woman, just giant boobs, just the world's biggest boobs, and like two baskets. And they're just swinging around. I'm like, what the? <laughs> I was ill prepared for that. So you felt that was better in the movie? No, I again, I don't know that's better because it's like not even it's not even a comparison. Like it's not a thing right, they talk about a in the thing that they talk about. I mean, they the talk book. about them being young and beautiful when they like. Yeah, come they out of like their suits or whatever. Peel away their yeah. old husks yeah. and. And do you know uh, Neil Gaiman confirmed that they were lovers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Lesbians. Yeah. Um, 
Which is never really touched on in the, they just seem like friends or, you know, like roommates or whatever, golden girl style. But one of the things I think is a little better, and we kind of talked about this, and this is kind of a two-part, they spent more time, or they made it, the other world more enticing, longer, which I think, I think works better to an extent. She kind of immediately, which I, I, I like and don't, and this is a tough one, but I think for what the story the movie was telling, making the initial world, uh, the other world initially much more enticing and, mm-hmm. and um, wanting her, her wanting to stay there, like for the first yeah. 20 or 30 minutes of the movie, she can't wait to go back and be there, helps. And it yeah. also, because especially because I'm sitting there, you know, you're waiting for that thing to happen where she realizes, even if you never read the book, right. you still know something there's something's gonna happen. Yeah. This isn't what it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I like that buildup of you waiting for like what's gonna happen. When is this gonna hit that this is not just a magically lovely land? And it also sucks her in more and I think uh, adds more to the appealing, the appealing escapist nature of it for a little girl that feels abandoned, not abandoned, but to an extent by her parents. Ignored. Ignored, yeah. yeah not abandoned. Ignored by her parents. And so that opposite, I thought that was, I thought that was an interesting idea. And to tie into that, I think the pacing in the book, I didn't necessarily love how much she goes back and forth. Because so in the in the in the movie, she goes back and forth a few times, like three or four times. Yeah. And in the movie, it's just or the book, it's just like twice or yeah. three times. Like she goes there in the book, she goes there, she goes there, comes back, and she goes back, and she doesn't come back by going to sleep. She no, she, she which was a little she strange. Back she comes the back through tunnel. the door. Which I think was an interesting choice to, for it to be like, she's not sure if it's a dream or whatever initially, yeah. which is, oh, you know, whatever. But but in the book, she goes there and then she comes back and then she goes there and then comes back and her parents are gone. And then she, right? And then she has to go in, I think is it. I think it's only like goes there like twice. Yeah. And then the, the second time she like runs away or is like, I get the, get the fuck out of here. And now I'm having trouble remember because the movie, I'm getting confused with the movie. But, and then I think she... Add that second time she runs away, she gets back and her parents aren't there anymore. And then she realizes she sees her parents in the mirror and then decides she has to go back in or decides to go back in and save them. So I, I think my point that I'm getting out of what I think is better in the movie, I think the pacing of her going back and forth a few more times and, and it building up more and more tension about mm-hmm. what's going on in this world and making it more appealing uh, and then her coming out. And then that I think that works a little better in the movie, the back and forth a little more. I think the beginning of the movie is a little better paced than the beginning of the book. Kind of another different. It's a book versus a movie. But I liked the way they did that. Initially, it was a little weird to me. And it was initially the reason I was worried that they weren't going to do the thing where she has to save her parents. Because they take so long to get to that point. Whereas that's kind of early in the book. It does take a really long time to get to that point. Uh, Whereas that's kind of early in the book. Yeah. Um, And in in the movie, the other mother just like is going to keep her there. And then she finally escapes. And then her parents are gone. But I didn't sum it all up. I, I like the pacing changes they made in the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie. Um, it's a little bit slower burn, I, th- I felt like, to get to the the big moment of having to save her parents. But it sets up the world a little bit more in, in a different yeah. way. Not more, but I, just differently. I think that for where they, what they were doing with the character arcs in the movie, it works. Yeah. I still prefer the book. That's fair. But I'm always going to. So I missed the rats. Yeah. That are in the book. 
Because they're super creepy, and they, like, sing a creepy little song. Well, there's and, no singing. Yeah, rats. and they, like, run around and do the other mother's bidding. Yeah. So I, I kind of missed that, but there was that moment where the cat kills one of the mice, and then it turns into a rat, yeah. and I thought that was so, like, appropriately creepy. Yeah. And I also think it works, it makes more sense with the way they made the other world right. more appealing, yeah, to have them be cute mice, and then yeah, later finds it, out... That, little not, like kangaroo mice. Yeah, little weird, things, you know. Yeah, jumping like, mice. Cute little like yeah kangaroo mice thing, and then she realizes later after the facade drops that the right. rats. I like that. I think that was clever. But yeah, I agree. The rats because I just think the rats are creepy from the beginning, and so that like, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of like puts her you know, like uh, off um, with the other world. But and then my last one was that I like the payoff of the mom buying her the gloves. I don't think yeah. that was in the book. No, that wasn't in the book. And I like that. It, it just to, and again, it, it turns all the character arcs to up to right. eleven. But yeah. that payoff for her character arc of that she was listening to her daughter the whole time. You, you know, she mm-hmm. was actually she does actually love her. She does actually was listening. She was just in a bad place, but she ends up buying yeah. her the gloves that she which wanted, was so. an expensive pair of gloves. Right? Do you notice that they were, they were like twenty five dollars? Yeah. And they were like the ones all around them were like four bucks, yeah. and then that one was twenty five. And I was like, like, well, maybe don't pick that, the twenty five. Is that made out of like yarn that had to be flown in from the top of Mount Everest? <laughs> I, they're like, just they're just <laughs> knit gloves that are like different colors. Like they're not particularly fancy. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I if I was that mom, I'd be like twenty five dollars. No, what? we're not buying you $25 wool gloves. You know what? We'll buy you 10 pairs of gloves. Yeah. You can have a new pair every day. Yeah. It's not necessarily better in the movie because I hate YB on principle, um, but I thought that having the other mother take away his ability to talk was, like, dark as fuck. Yeah, it is creepy. I thought a lot of the visuals, I thought some of the visuals, like, some of the stuff was really lacking creepy in terms of creepy, but some yeah. of the stuff they added and changed was really creepy. Yeah. Like, the part with the dad and the piano, not the first piano part, but, like, the, um, when she comes back in. Oh, yeah, and the piano's, like, covering his mouth. And yeah, and then, like, pulls his mouth, his yeah. long face, and, like, pulls his mouth all weird and, like, that, and then he's talking about, yeah, and then how she sews YB's face into her mouth into a smile yeah and that sort of stuff was yeah that stuff was creepy some of that other stuff they added so well that that that's all we got for better in the movie it's time for the final verdict i think you know where i stand (laughs) so okay uh, it's uh it's gonna be a tough one what do you think uh Coraline 2009 and 2002 is the book really better than the movie. The book is way better than the movie. The book is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. The movie's okay. That's fair. So that, that was, uh, I knew where this was going from the beginning, so I didn't <laughs> need to worry about that. I, mine is tougher. Um, I, oof, I think the book is slightly better than the movie, but only in the sense I'll try to try to try to lay this out. I think they're both wildly successful at the two different things they do, or not the mm. different things they do, but in the in the ways they do their their thing. I like the book a little more. I don't know if I'd say the book is better than the movie. I'd say I like it more. Uh, I think it has a lot of aspects that are better, but there's something to be said for a really gorgeous, well done stop motion film that tells that does a fairly good job adapting that story. 
that is very impressive to me. Oh, I will say this real quick. The music in this movie was boring. I, I, I was, there was numerous <laughs> times where I like was expecting a good score and would not like the, the one moment in particular when she was escaping from the other mother at the very end of the film and like trying to shut the door. I was expecting anything yeah. and it was like very boring music. Like I never think about that kind of thing in the moment. Cause usually the music's good. Like I, in that particular moment, I remember consciously thinking, wow, this music isn't doing it for me. Um, so that was a little thing, but anyways, apart from that, I think, and like I said before, I think I like the book more and the book is probably slightly better, or at least the book is better, but they're doing different things. And I think they're both wildly, wildly successful at what they're doing. I just slightly prefer the book. So I'll mark that up as a win for the book. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, uh, in good faith, continue living with you if I said that. The- <laughs> I don't know if you would allow that, so kind of had no choice here. Help me. Help me. <laughs> but, uh, no, um, I, I do agree. I think the book is, is it's it's just, I it's more interesting. I, I like it more. So in this case, the book really is better than the movie, but I would highly recommend both. Read the book. It's only 160 pages. You can knock it out real quick. Watch the movie. It's a gorgeous movie. It's on Netflix. I would recommend reading the book first because I think it's a very different experience. And Or if you don't want to re- read the book, I would not read the book. Well, maybe I would read the book after if you saw already seen the movie. Because they're just so different and tonally yeah. that it's very interesting. And they it colors your... Either way, I could see it completely coloring your... Yeah. If you read the book first or watched the movie first, coloring how you felt about the other one. So it's an interesting choice. Do both. Read them, watch it, do whatever. It's your life. I don't <laughs> <laughs> If Coraline taught us anything, it's you should be your own person <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh, so that was it for our Coraline episode. Uh, we're going to have a mini episode coming out next week where we will be discussing uh, a little mini review of Blade Runner 2049. We saw Blade Runner 2049. We're actually going to switch to a weekly format here starting next week. At least that's the plan. We're going to try. We're going to try. Where we're going to have next week will be a mini episode where we will, and we won't always have like a movie review or anything. We just happen to see Blade Runner 2049 and we're going to talk about it since we did the Blade Runner episode. And then uh, the second part of that is going to be a preview of our next episode where we'll kind of discuss the background kind of what we do in the first half of these first episodes where we kind of talk about the history of the film and the book a little bit we're going to do that in a separate episode so we can get you something every week and also shorten the length so that we're not spending an hour and 20 minutes each episode (laughs) so i think that'll shorten each episode a little bit but also we can add more we are off episodes that aren't actual book versus movie episodes we can do things like talk about movies and that sort of thing could be more of a more of a free form kind of episode and you can feel free to skip those if you're not interested but uh, or don't or don't i mean i'm just saying <laughs> we're interesting you should listen to it we're gonna we'll, we'll be talking about cool stuff on them like i said if you want to hear our thoughts on blade runner 2049 that will be next tuesday ish so look out for that and it'll be a preview of our next film which is our second halloween film which is the birds the birds the alfred hitchcock class clasterpiece <laughs> classic masterpiece um i couldn't decide which i wanted to say so i just mashed it up yeah the birds which uh it's been a long time since i've seen the movie did not know it was a book it's a short story a short story 
but yeah, I, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I remember thinking it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen, I've seen like a tiny little snippet of the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But that's our next one. Uh, look for that full episode on the birds in two weeks-ish. Right, yeah. Two yeah. weeks. What else you can do for us, which would be great. So you can go leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to us. Ooh. We have a few more reviews now. We're up to almost ten and like six or seven written reviews, which is exciting. Thanks to all of our fans who have done that. Also, check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Goodreads page. And on the Facebook, you can send us messages, request things. We're still building up the fan base on Facebook. We don't use it a lot right now, but we will once we get more people and more interaction. We'll be posting stuff there and discussing future episodes and that sort of thing once the fan base gets built up a little more. But I think that is all we have for today, unless you have anything else, Katie. I do not. Cool. Let's wrap it up. Keep watching movies and reading books. Or just watching movies. Or just reading books. Do whatever you want. It's your life. Like Coraline said. She didn't say <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure that was the takeaway message. Not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for once again listening to This Film is Lit.